The following is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Hackey Reitman. Welcome to another episode of Exploring Different Brains. And today we have returning to us my friend Brooke Schnittman, who's one of the world's authorities on ADHD and herself a self-advocate. She's also the um, co-host with Ali Idris of ADHD Power Tools on Different Brains, and she does so much more. Brooke, welcome. Thank you for having me. It's been a long time, and it's so good to see your face. I think it's been like four years now. Has it been that long? Wow. It's been a while. Yeah, time's flying. Time, but... uh... (laughs) And you're not getting older than I am. I don't know about that. I appreciate that. Let's see in person. (laughs) Yes. Um, Brooke, first of all, why don't you introduce yourself properly? Sure. Because I didn't introduce you properly. Hey, perception's reality, right? So uh, I am Brooke Schnittman, and I am an ADHD coach with 20 years experience in the ADHD world. I used to be a special education teacher and school administrator turned into ADHD coach in 2018 uh, when I started my company coaching with Brooke. And I have the pleasure of knowing Hacky for over four years now. And um, we recorded our first podcast together um, at the studio at Different Brains, um, I think four years ago. And then um, because of you, Hacky. I'm now the co-host of ADHD Power Tools and it's still going strong with 101 episodes with uh, Ali Idris. And I just um, finished writing my book, Activate Your ADHD Potential, a 12-week journey from chaos to confidence for adults with ADHD coming out October 1st. So I can say I'm an author which is exciting, but it's not about that. Our mission, um, it was to help over 1 million people with ADHD and we've done that. So now we've upped it to 10 million. So I'm really thrilled that that's going to be able to spread the message even further. Wow. Those are some big, big numbers. Um, Go big or go home, right? (laughs) You're doing it. Um, So we happen to be doing this interview when Young people are getting ready to go back to school and their parents are getting ready for them. And our students with ADHD, they're a little bit afraid. They're a little bit scared going back to school. And what advice can you have for them and their parents? Sure. So it's funny that you asked because I actually just got off a call with a a father of a five-year-old nervous about his son going to school. So we are all different, right? Even with ADHD, we have many different symptoms and variations of it. But one thing that I know can lessen anxiety for students with ADHD is to make sure that they have what they need before they go to school. So it's going to be something that you're going to need to help as a parent, especially if the child's in elementary school or middle school, and make sure that they have all the materials that the teacher asks. Because if they can start off on the right foot, they'll be less anxious with that transition of starting a new teacher with new kids in the class. So that's one thing. 
I would also recommend to the parents to, if your child has ADHD or, you know, something else that he or she is struggling with to write a letter to the teacher ahead of time saying, hi, my child is so-and-so and he or she works well with X, Y, and Z, um, but also struggles with X, Y, and Z at home. I just wanted to give you a full picture of what we see in the house. Um, and we look forward to working collaboratively. So the teacher knows that you are there, you're working alongside of the teacher, and it's a team effort. Also, get your kid organized by maybe having a color-coded system for them. You know, math, let's say, is blue, so their folder, their notebook, their Everything is the same color because a lot of individuals with ADHD have difficulty with out of sight, out of mind and remembering where things are. So the easier we can make things for ourselves and for our children, the easier and less anxiety they're going to have at school. So color code the different subjects, perhaps um, have them make sure that they show you their agenda book at the end of the day, put something by the front door, like a catch-all where at the when they finish their homework, they put everything by the door in their backpack so they have it for the next day so they don't lose it. Generally speaking, when we get as an ADHD or when we don't have something, it's not because we didn't do it, it's because we forgot to turn it in. So the more organized and more systems you can have and the more routine, the easier it's going to be on everyone, including the family. And because of that, I actually created a program called Master Your Stress. So you can do your best on the test with a psychologist to help with anxiety for your child who has ADHD and executive dysfunction, and also help them perform on the test. Because sometimes we, the, your child will know everything for the test, but they'll vomit. And why is that? So we get into that too, as well. And I especially, I guess, uh, when SAT college boards come along, that's a very stressful time for the ADHD individual. Oh, yeah. So we talk about how to prepare, of course, how to study for it, but also what do you do the day before the test? So how do you know where you need to go? How do you know you have the right materials? How are you going to make sure that you get to the test with less stress. What do you do on the test? How do you use the test to take the test? With the SATs, a lot of the questions, or at least when I took the SATs, which was centuries ago, just kidding. <laughs> a lot of the test had the answers to the previous question. So how do we use that to take the test? And what kind of fidgets and what kind of things do we need to stay focused? So it's not just about knowing what you actually consume. It's how do you take the test? And talk a little bit more about the importance of parent support on all fronts for the student with ADHD. Yeah. So with a student with ADHD, very often um, they might have issues with communicating exactly what they need and being a self-advocate. So the parents don't necessarily need to act as their executive function, but they need to work with the team and the support staff to help the student become an advocate. So in the beginning, while transitions are typically difficult for individuals with ADHD and neurodiverse students, you need to act as their executive function to 
paved the way for them. So, um, and then obviously you work as a team to give the student the tools and have them thrive with their unique learning styles and strengths. Very good. Now, what about from the teacher perspective? If I'm a teacher and I have a student with ADHD, from the teacher's perspective, as opposed to the parent's perspective, how do I make them thrive? Well, you have to see what the child needs. So no two people are alike, whether they have ADHD, anxiety, depression, OCD, autism, what have you. So what if the parent is sending to the teacher what the student needs accommodations wise, or if they have an IEP or 504, the teacher should have seen it already, but it's important to resend it to the teacher so it's in front of them. So let's say they have an accommodation plan or an individualized education plan. The teacher should be following that. So if the child needs refocusing or extended time on their test, the teacher needs to accommodate the student. Um, if the child needs um, differentiation in the classroom as far as seating, preferential seating, that could be in the front of the classroom, back of the classroom, by the window, by the front door. So you have to just make sure that you read in between the lines and make sure that you're looking at everything properly. For the teacher, what I used to do before I saw my students is I would make a spreadsheet because I had sometimes 16 kids in different classes who had an individualized education plan. So in order to know in which classroom who I needed to accommodate and how, I would put the, uh, the modifications and accommodations on the spreadsheet in like a specific category. So preferential seating, extended time, refocusing, um, differentiated homework, small groups, whatever. And then I would put the name and then put a checkbox. So this way it was easy for me to refer to while I'm getting to know the student. It's also important in the beginning to learn how the, the student learns. So do a learning style questionnaire, do a multiple intelligent questionnaire, do an executive function questionnaire, find out what their interests are. We're not just our ability or our diagnosis. So sometimes we do better in a classroom when the teacher understands us and understands what we're interested in and how we learn. Talk to us a bit about the overlap with executive function issues along with ADHD issues. So we all have executive functions. It's in the prefrontal cortex of our brain. It's the CEO of our brain. Every single person has it. Now with ADHD... And tell us briefly your definition of executive function. Executive function is um, essentially the management system of your brain. It helps us organize. It helps us start things. It helps us um, control our emotions and modulate that. It helps us with our working memory. It helps us with sustained attention. It helps us with going back and forth from task to task. Um, it helps us with sustained effort. So there's many different psychologists and psychiatrists that have different models of executive function. I go by Dr. Thomas Brown and he has six clusters and those are the ones that I shared. Now people with ADHD have ADHD syndrome, also called executive dysfunction. And that means that they have an impairment 
in every single executive function cluster. Wow. Now this is making sense. Um, and this brings up an interesting point to those in our audience and such as our own wonderful neurodivergent interns and other people who might be seeking a career in psychology and in doing good things for those of us with ADHD. What is the pathway, if we could talk about that for a minute, starting with your own pathway to where you are today educationally, which I know is very rich, and how people might get there if they want to be just like you. I want to be like Brooke Schnittman. Well, I'd say good luck. You sure you want to be like Brooke Schnittman? <laughs> just get it. Uh, okay. Well, first of all, I have ADHD and I have anxiety. Okay. So let's just put that out there. I didn't know I had it until uh, I was 35, which was four years ago. So right around the time I met you. And um, now I would ask, do you want to be an ADHD coach, consultant, a special education teacher, an advocate, a you know school administrator? What What is your path that you want? And we might not know when we graduate high school, and that's okay. I didn't know what I wanted to do when I grow, grew up until five years ago. I thought it was being a special education teacher, and I loved that. But unbeknownst to me at the time is that I had undiagnosed ADHD. So in order to become a special education teacher, you need to go to school and, well, in New York, you need to go to school and go for your special education degree or master's, okay? And I went to undergrad in elementary education because I thought I wanted to be a general education teacher, which is just, you know, the teachers that you are probably used to, right? Just the standard traditional teacher. But then I took a class on special education at Penn State and realized there's so much I don't know, I don't know. So I decided to go right into my master's at NYU and took a year concentrated master's of students with disabilities. And from there, then I got my first teaching job as a special education teacher. So you don't need to get your master's in New York right away. You have to do it within the first five years. Now, once I started teaching, I was teaching special education um, in a collaborative classroom for, that means there's two teachers in the class, a general education teacher and a special education teacher. I was teaching that for seven years. And again, ADHDers seek novelty. And I didn't know I had ADHD. So I was always striving to be the best. I measured myself on success because I didn't have true self-esteem at the time. And I was tapped on the shoulder by an administrator and they said, Hey, you should go into administration. And I'm like, okay, well, if you believe it, then I should. Right. So then I became a quasi-administrator. I was a IEP coordinator. I didn't need to get my administrative degree for that, but in other districts, they are administrators. Then I got my administrative degree really fast from Long Island University in two years, um, was an overachiever, got my uh, test early, and I became an assistant director of special education. And I did that for two years. Fast forward, I became, I left that job. And the reason why I left that job was because there was too much red tape. 
no one goes into teaching with the hopes of being an administrator. Now, administration is necessary. And there's some really amazing administrators out there. And if you can make a difference in the children's lives, that's amazing. That's the goal, right? But in my job, there was so much executive function, so much paper that I had to push, so many rules and regulations that I said, I am not seeing the kids. I don't enjoy this anymore. I don't see the direct correlation on how I'm helping them. So that's when I decided to leave public education and figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And then at uh, 35, no, 34, I became um, an ADHD coach. And in order to become an ADHD coach, um, most people go through certification and training. Now, anyone can call themselves a coach at any time. So if you are looking for an ADHD coach, be careful because hacky, you can say you're an ADHD coach and I'm sure you'd be a wonderful ADHD coach. But um, there are people out there, it's a growing profession that just call themselves coaches and start making money. But what you should look for in a coach, if you're trying to be a coach or you're looking to hire a coach is someone who has experience, someone who's gone through a reputable program and someone that you get along with. So if you don't get along with the coach, then you're not going to perform for them. And you're not going to respect them. I personally am a big fan of self-advocates who go into that field to help others with the same condition, if you will. Totally. I think it's helpful to have the same condition. Now, I didn't know I had ADHD when I went into it. So you could say, well, okay, she doesn't have ADHD and she's coaching people with ADHD. What does she know? Um, I ended up having ADHD. So... I definitely empathize and related to people, but there is something special about having the condition, like you said, and helping people with the condition because they can look at you and say, okay, there's hope, right? I think when people come for coaching, they lose hope or they've lost hope or there's transitions that you know they're struggling with or they don't have true self-esteem, but then they see people who have ADHD and have gone through those journeys and passed with them. And they can perform and trust that they're going to get to where they need to faster. What do you say now to the adult, you know, who might have ADHD by, by that might mean someone might look at this interview and say, well, you know, I'm trying to do a million different things at once instead of just focusing on one thing hasn't held me back. I'm functioning. All right. But um, maybe I should get this checked out. What do you what do you tell people like that who want to do a million different things and in fact are doing a million different things and have different careers and everything else? I think it's wonderful to do like go for your passion, right? This is I don't call this work, I call it passion. So there's nothing wrong with doing a million different things at the same time. There isn't. But if you set an intention and you're not nurturing that intention because you're doing a thousand other things, then you're not giving it the attention that it needs. So with ADHD, we're very often entrepreneurs as an adult, and we like to get involved in many different things. You can get involved in different things, but you need to know the right way of getting involved. So whether it be delegating or setting your schedule to know how much time you actually have to say yes to something before you commit to it, 
We're very impulsive. We like to hobby jump. We like to jump into different careers. All of those are fine, but maybe sit on your idea for a little bit before you jump or say yes, or maybe say, I'll get back to you before saying yes, because we can also be people pleasers and just say yes. Because again, I said yes to administration because I was like, okay, you said I, I should be an administrator, but think about what's good for you and think about what you have going on right now. And do you have the time for it? Well, you just took the heat off myself and a lot of our uh, viewers and listeners here because uh, I always try to do a million different things and I usually get them done, but I've been criticized for it. But that's, yeah, you, you, you know, probably but... have a lot of pressure that you create for yourselves while doing those things. Yeah. And we thrive under pressure and time constraints. If we don't see a time constraint in front of us, then very often we'll procrastinate on that thing. So if you have a lot of different things that need to be done and have deadlines, then you can thrive sometimes. <laughs> um, tell us more about your uh, upcoming book, which I had the privilege of just reading an excellent draft of it before it's ready for you know, the go. But uh, why don't you tell us about it? And have you named it yet, even though it's not available yet? I have. <laughs> oh, what's the name of it? So it's Activate Your ADHD Potential, a 12-step journey from chaos to confidence for adults with ADHD. It's a blend of a workbook and a book. So it's for adults with ADHD. Now, the tools you can use with your children However, it really is meant for people who've gone through um, life to some extent and are stuck and are looking to build momentum and are looking to understand their brains a little bit more and are looking to maintain that momentum too and reach their goals. So that's what my book is really meant for. It does go into the disruptions of ADHD. So I came up with 10 different disruptors and we talk about that. It's everything between underwhelm and overwhelm and what happens with your brain when you go through each disruptor. So you can know a little bit about the neuroscience behind why things happen, why overwhelm happens, why procrastination happens, and so on. You know, here at differentbrains.org, it's one of the reasons we started our internship at 18, because there's so much attention appropriately that we give to all the kids and children but then it seems like you turn 18 and become an adult and it's like hey you're on your own so it's exactly. it's refreshing to see your approach to this to adults with ADHD yeah we have a lot of tools outside of my book for students with ADHD however like you said no one teaches you how to adult no you don't learn life skills unfortunately in school unless you have an ip and you get that as part of your curriculum so you know no one teaches us these things and we have to learn as we go and with adhd we have all these negative messages all the time that we think that we're not good enough and how come i don't know this and how come i haven't learned this so it breaks it down into bite-sized steps in order to reach that area of confidence in a very very small step approach tell us how you evolved into a very efficient i found it efficient when i looked at the draft um style of book that's a combination textbook and workbook, if you will. 
Yeah. It's so, seeming like a textbook because it's very readable. I mean, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So um, honestly, I have a signature process. It's called 3C activation. And those are the 12, almost all 12 steps in the book are from my signature process. I um, took one out and I put dopamine in because that's really important to talk about for ADHDers. Um, and so I, I use that foundation, but I also wanted to talk about why we are getting disrupted. So it took me a while. I was brainstorming, I was writing, and then I just kept writing and writing and writing and writing, and it just kind of came together. And um, I used what I know to be true, and then I added some things. It, it, you know, when I wasn't as stressed, I had to take a break at some point because I had writer's block. But when I wasn't as stressed and um, consumed with the book, ideas started flowing again. And then I started writing again. Tell us again how our audience can learn more about you and access you. And um... sure. Yeah, so everything is coaching with Brooke, with an E. So C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G, with Brooke, with an E, dot com. Um, I'm pretty big on Instagram. You could find me at Coaching with Brooke. And we have a wait list for master your stress. So you can ace the test. So if you want to learn about that and just go on the website, you'll see where you can find that. And um, yeah, go to ADHD power tools. I have a podcast called successful with two L's with ADHD as well. So two podcasts going on at the same time. And um, yeah. You're busy, busy, busy. Like, like I said, you know, we thrive under pressure and staying busy. We just have to know how to manage it. And so glad you find time for those of us in our audience and our neurodivergent interns here at differentbrains.org. Thank you. Well, thank you for including me and helping me be a part of your community to help others. And tell us about your practice. Sure. So uh, Coaching with Brooke is an ADHD and executive function coaching um, practice, and I have eight coaches. We work worldwide. We've been in over 20 countries, and we work with all ages. We start with the student as young as eight, and we go all the way up to 80, but we also work with the parents if you have a child who's younger than eight, so don't worry. And uh, we work in one-on-one capacity and also in small groups. And we have some um, things coming out that you can buy if you're not ready to do coaching or you don't want to do coaching, some courses, some books. So it's very exciting. Got lots going on. Tell us some of the courses and books and how to access them. So I have a course called Master Your Stress so you can ace your test. And I do it collaboratively, uh, it's recorded collaboratively with a psychologist from Apple Psychological, um, and you could get on the wait list, um, but just go onto my website, coachingwithbrook.com, and you'll see all of the resources there. You could always email me at brook at coachingwithbrook.com too, if you have any questions. Um, so that's coming out for students and for parents of students, because we know students have a lot and very often they don't want to do more, right? With, with school and sports and homework. 
So this teaches you as a parent, the strategies, especially if you have a younger child who doesn't want to and won't actually engage in the product to teach them the skills to lessen their anxiety and prepare for the test. So that's one thing. I have a book coming out called Activate Your ADHD Potential, 12-Step Journey from Chaos to Confidence for Adults with ADHD. That's coming out October 1st. And I have a wait list on my website, coachingwithbrooke.com. I have um, different small size eBooks as a pay as you want. So pay whatever you want for them. So productivity eBooks, emotional regulation eBooks. I have group coaching on emotional regulation. It's called Healing ADHD Emotions for Adults. I have my signature process, 3C activation. I have lots of different things, one-on-one coaching. So um, yeah, just come to our website and you'll see it all. It really just depends on what you're looking for and what you need, if anything. Sounds like you're not busy enough, Brooke. I'm not. Can you help me get busier? (laughs) Well, Brooke Schnittman. ADHD specialist, author, teacher, you do it all. Thank you so very much for spending time with us here at Different Brains and keep up the good work and good luck with your new book. And we hope to see you again soon. Brooke Schnittman, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Reitman. Exploring Different Brains is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org.